complete misrepresentations from Merrick Garland, which is not surprising to try to protect his boss, right. Joe Biden. But this is an individual who is the whistleblower who's worked for the IRS for 14 years, who was the supervisor of the Hunter Biden case. For five years, they investigated Hunter Biden. And this all didn't just happen because they wanted to go after Hunter Biden. This happened because there is a intra, like a international porn ring, and they stumbled across Hunter Biden. That's in the report. You should read the whistleblower testimony. Yeah. And then they start investigating him, getting this information, getting evidence. And at every step of the way, this, this whistleblower, who was the chief investigator for this team, was stopped, wasn't allowed to do search warrants. Wasn't allowed, wasn't allowed to use Hunter Biden's name on documents, was thwarted all the way. A lot of stuff that you've already highlighted. This is the epitome of the weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI to protect Joe Biden. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Wow, have we got a show for you today. That was Congressman Greg Stuber, and he was talking about uh, IRS whistleblowers who came forward just recently uh, to talk about incredible malfeasance on the part of Hunter Biden. You're going to hear a text that he wrote to a Chinese Communist Party member threatening him with his father, the President of the United States. It is a blockbuster, but that's not all we're going to discuss. We're going to talk to you about the uh, Durham hearing, the John Durham hearing. He was the special prosecutor who declared that there was no Russian collusion and that the FBI and the Justice Department um, had wrongly decided and that that had played along with that notion and that Hillary Clinton was the author of all of those thoughts. John was before the House Judiciary Committee just last week. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what happened in the well of the House when Adam Schiff was censured. That was quite a story. So I think you're going to benefit from this show. It may not be the most fun you've ever had, but um, you, these are things that we need to know because we are in crisis and so uh, Bruce and I together today are going to talk to you about these things. First, I want to tell you, though, a history. This is good news, actually. History was made on June 24, 2022, when a 50-year-old law was overturned in a landmark ruling, and that was Roe versus Wade. It finally was overturned. We've been working for that for decades. You know, pre-born, unborn babies' lives matter today, and we need to make sure that they matter for future generations and as we celebrate that one-year anniversary, and boy, we do celebrate the fall of Roe versus Wade, we have to continue to do our part. We have to reflect and recommit and reinvigorate our resolve to unite and do more. Uh, so what do you ask? Well, uh, with preborn, you know, we usually ask you for some help supplying uh, ultrasounds to these moms who are confused and not sure they want to keep their babies, and it's, it's a wonderful way to, to, to stop them and help them to understand what they're actually doing in the process of abortion. Over the last 50 years, there have been 64 million babies whose lives have been taken as a result of that decision. And so we thought it might be appropriate in honor of, in honor and memory remembrance of those little ones uh, to ask you for a donation of $64. If that's something you can afford, we would be so grateful. And you know that Preborn will use that money wisely uh, to help more babies, future babies, <laughs> that perhaps your name, you'll hear about them in the future. If we find out names and stories, you know I'll bring them to you. You can go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy, and we're asking for $64. But, of course, if you can only afford $4, we'll be very grateful. Just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. One other thing I want to tell you, we have a brand-new website. It's finally up. We've um, had some 
struggles in the area of web and social media. So, but we're we're finally bringing it to the fore. We've been working real hard. I've got a great team. Uh, and if you want to know more about uh, the show uh, and all the kinds of things that, you know, you might want to know, in addition to that, you can go to sandyrios.com. That's sandyrios.com. Uh, also, we have another website that's just up that I just, this was kind of a, I didn't expect to do this, but someone recommended it and we did it. It's uh, called sashasong.com. It's sashasong.com. It's linked from my website, sandyrios.com, but it's a whole website um, that kind of talks about the life of my daughter, Sasha, uh, who was severely disabled. It's, well, I have to tell of course, it brought me to tears but to remember all of it. It's been a long time since she passed away, but um, it took me back in time. And so we just put that together. If you go to sashasong.com, you'll find it. And if you go to sandyrios.com, you can, you can do it all. So we just want you to sit back and relax, take a pen and paper, and do whatever you need to to take all of this in on this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. I tried to follow your report. Mr. Donald Trump Jr. would have called it a, a nothing burger. You got no convictions. You got nothing. It was all set up to hurt the Mueller report, which was correct and was redacted, to hurt the Bidens, and to help Trump. And you were a part of it. You have a good reputation. You had a good reputation. That's why the two Democrats supported you. But the longer you hold on to Mr. Barr and this report that Mr. Barr gave you as special counsel, your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. Sure. Can we uh, presume the gentleman's undecided on on how he feels about the former president? (laughs) Gentlemen, witness can respond. Yeah, my uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect and my family and my Lord. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir. All right, Sandy Rios with you. And today's going to be different because Bruce and I want to talk about what has unfolded. It's, uh, I followed the news for so many years, and there's always been a lot of pressure. I covered the Clinton era daily. I remember the the impeachment of Clinton. I remember all the scandals, and I I had to know about all of it, and it was a lot of pressure, and I took that on. I've never seen anything like this, though, where almost every day, every two days, every three days, there's something bigger than the next, bigger than the previous. It's just, it is a, it's an enormous thing that's happening, and I would wanted to just take a pause so that I could address you on these issues and bring Bruce in to talk also because he is an attorney, is a former FBI agent, and he understands uh, a lot of these things that I can't even explain. 
And so, uh, first of all, let me just say that you heard a moment in the trial, or the, I mean, the hearing of John Durham in the House Judiciary Committee. Now, that's the one that Jim Jordan shares, uh, and they brought in John Durham because he released his huge report about basically finding that there was absolutely no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. He spells it out in many, many different ways. The problem is he didn't bring anyone to accountability. He cast these broad, uh, you know, broad statements against the FBI's handling of it. He talked about it being biased by them, much too milk toast for many of us when you consider the serious nature of what has transpired here and the fact that for something like seven years, uh, this group of people who hate Trump so much on both sides of the aisle have pursued and slandered and uh, tried and are still trying to destroy him. It is wrong on every level. Why were there no charges? So the uh, the House wanted to get to the bottom of that. Now, there were a lot of interesting exchanges, a lot. I watched a lot of it. I watched the whole thing, actually. Uh, and I think the, what I just played you was, uh, this is a guy, Steve Cohen, who uh, represents the 9th District in Tennessee. I don't understand how he came from Tennessee, but folks in Tennessee, you'll have to explain that to me. He's already, always been a radical leftist. But he actually accuses Durham. He says to him, you're going to be, you are supporting President Trump by doing this report. And he, I'm putting words in his mouth. But basically he said, because you're denying the Russian collusion, which is, you know, our thing, our big game. That's what we've been saying. And not denying because you're joined forces with Trump here, you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be on the ash heap. You're going to be on a pyre. He threatens him. In the uh, hearing, and I actually think that of all the moments in that hearing, that exposed, I hope, for those that are not following this, only a casual observers, exposed, Cohen said out loud what we all know. This is about the destruction of Donald Trump and anyone who dares hold his head up to support him. So um, on the Durham uh, House Judiciary hearing and the whole Durham report, I've asked Bruce to join me uh, just to discuss, you know, what we heard in that. Bruce, were you, weren't you surprised that John Durham, he was appointed a special prosecutor to look to see how the FBI and the Justice Department had handled this, uh, this whole, what, crossfire hurricane. Right. Uh, yeah, so his findings were really powerful, but then he does, doesn't recommend any charges. Yes, it's like uh, John Durham went right to the water's edge, but was afraid to jump in when it came to actually taking action against anyone. Um, a lot of the findings from the Durham report we were already aware of through the Horowitz report or through other reporting. Um, and what John Durham was supposed to do is find out if anyone had committed crimes, and if they had, they were to be charged if the evidence was there. Uh, as we saw, and the Democrats made great hay on it, uh, only three people were ever charged. One FBI employee took a, a plea agreement to a minor charge, and two people were tried, Michael Sussman and I, I'm sorry, the other one is... Igor Jachanko. Yes. Uh, they he was were the one that came up with the idea of the, the uh, dossier, the fake dossier. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, if you look at the evidence against Sussman and this gentleman... I mean, it was pretty overwhelming, but uh, you're, you're dealing with uh, jury pools that are 
of Washington D.C. pick, and uh, you're, good luck um, winning a case against the left there. But what happened is he did not um, go against. He did not charge any of the people in the FBI that he found um, the evidence pointed that they had colluded. He didn't even interview Hillary Clinton. And yeah. he, he, yet he found that she was behind this conspiracy. He it, didn't even interview her he, he, or, or other factors either, other yeah. characters. He failed really to take elementary steps that you would always take an investigation, interviewing people, getting phone records, um, uh, putting people in front of a grand jury. These things weren't done. No. I, I, Go ahead. I'm just going to state uh, clearly what his report found. He exposed an effort by federal government intelligence agencies, the Justice Department, the State Department, and the Hillary Clinton campaign to falsely accuse Clinton's political opponent in 2016, former President Donald Trump, and his campaign of being Russian agents. He says it out loud. He names her name. He name he talks about the people involved. And remember also, Bruce, that former special counsel Robert Mueller, who hated Trump and spent all of that time and all of that money always acting like he had something with that stern look on his face and came out with nothing. His, his report said the evidence was not sufficient to charge that any member of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with representatives of the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 election. Um, so we had two powerful reports, and we also know now that uh, actors in the government and, and knew it was false. They knew it, they knew it, they knew it, they knew it immediately, and yet they carried on for seven years. Yes, how many times did we watch Adam Schiff come out of uh, briefings with the intelligence committees, and he would run to the microphone, not walk, he would run to the microphones, and say, we have definitive evidence that Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians to, to skew the 2016 election. And then there was nothing there. That's all he would say. Then they'd ha- another month would go by, they'd have another briefing, and he would run back out to the cameras again and say the same thing. And this went on and on. And what Durham was supposed to do is... You know, we already had these reports that you referenced that said there was no collusion. There was no finding of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia to influence the election. Now, what Durham was tasked to do is let's find out who Who propagated this this fraud (laughs) and should they be charged criminally. And basically what his report did was reaffirm that, yeah, there was no collusion but we are not going to take any steps against And Hillary anybody. Clinton did it. She made it up. No. It was her campaign, no. and they all knew it came from her campaign no. to destroy Donald Trump so she could win the presidency. No. And he doesn't interview Hillary Clinton. No. He lays that out in the report and just lets it dangle. I want to talk for a second, uh, go back to Adam Schiff, Bruce, because I want to explain. He was chairman of the Intelligence Committee because the Democrats held the power in the House. He had all of these hearings in the basement, which were... Uh, no one could report, no one could be in there, no one could take anything out by uh, by penalty of whatever. Not even the Republican congressman could say anything about what they heard. And they brought these actors that they were accusing one by one and also officials from the, uh, the, the uh, Obama administration in, and they all said, we know now. They all said there was nothing to it. But Schiff wouldn't allow anyone to talk about what happened in there 
nor would he allow anyone to repeat. Or So there were no leaks because the Republicans, for the most part, are people of integrity. It's not like the Democrats. So finally they were able to access that information, and they saw that Schiff was just lying, lying, lying with a sick smile on his face and his bug eyes. And so that brings me to what happened just last week. This is another big thing. Uh, Anna Polina Luna, who is a new congresswoman from Florida, she's my new hero, I have to tell you. Uh, she is pregnant with her first child. She's a beautiful girl. She's a veteran of the Air Force, but she is tough as nails, tough as nails. And she brought uh, articles, uh, uh, a censure resolution to Adam Schiff uh, in the House. She was, uh, she initially she had this, Censure resolution written out, rebuking him for lying and starting all of this and actually destroying the country and dividing families and causing this huge rift in the American fabric. Uh, she laid th- lays this all out, and she wanted there to be a fine, a huge fine. Well, 20 Republicans in the House, oh, that's not, you know, we can't, that will, we will, yeah. So 20 Republicans voted against her. Then uh, the story here at Bruce is that they went home to their uh, districts after that, and they got lambasted. Those 20 got lambasted and now will likely be targeted if people remember long enough before the next election. So um, they came back and voted in favor of the censure, uh, but uh, that's kind of what happened. So Anna Anna Polina Luna brought the charges on the floor and then several people spoke. Bob Good spoke, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, and lots of them. Um, and so uh, this this all happened. And while they were doing this, the Democrats on the other side were standing to say, what a man of integrity, what a champion of truth was Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff um, uh, stands in the well of the house and talks about how what a badge of honor. He's grateful to have this censure. He's because they're because. He's the one telling the truth. He's the champion. He's the patriot. This is the way it went. Even Nancy Pelosi spoke for him. So at the end of this uh, process, there is a vote, and this is what it sounded like, and this is, I want you to just share this moment with us. Here's Kevin McCarthy uh, banging the gavel in the House, uh, and you'll hear the Democrats' response. On this vote, the yeas are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is relayed on the table. House will be in order. So the Democrats go to the well of the House floor and they start shouting and pointing at Kevin McCarthy, shame, shame, shame. And then they start shouting, chanting, Adam, Adam. That's what happened on the House, the floor of your uh, House, U.S. House of Representatives. Bruce, I don't know. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but it wasn't that, isn't that amazing? It's a real indictment of our entire system of government. Um, it's one thing to be a partisan. It's one thing to belong to a party. But when you are sworn in as a member of the House of Representatives, you are you swear an oath to uphold the Constitution. And that includes sometimes we have to discipline our own if they color outside the lines. And to say that Adam Schiff colored outside the lines would really be putting 
a, a nice face on a pig. Um, this guy, for years, lied to us, directly to us, saying over and over, we have hard evidence, we have statements. And you know what would happen? He would come out and say that, and any time that someone was actually put under oath to testify whether there was collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, they would always say there was not. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they, they called people from the Obama administration. I have to tell you, watching them over the years, the, the, the cabinet members and, the, and the, the, uh, the people that headed agencies for Obama, they were as partisan as anyone I've ever seen. And even they would not say, yes, we have evidence of it. Yeah. And Schiff just continued this. So now... We have all this proof, the Durham report, the Mueller report, um, reporting from uh, independent reporters that everything Schiff was saying was a lie. And, you know... Well, here's the thing, Bruce. They, they keep saying it. Even in the, tri- even in the hearing, they yeah. kept repeating it, every single one of them. And who's the Fang Fang guy? Um, oh, just Swalwell. Swalwell is there. With the, the, the brazenness. Yeah. I can't think of a nice word. It's so fault. Swalwell, Swalwell. oh dear, Um, yeah, Swalwell (laughs) was caught with a Chinese spy having an affair with her, and uh, he and they tried to censure him and didn't work because he's such a good guy. The Democrats think so. He's there uh, shaming Kevin McCarthy. Look, look, we're laughing because it's just so pathetic. But I have to say, I have to interject this. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Old Testament language. It's the world upside down. Woe, woe unto them, says the Bible. And I believe that God really does feel that way. And that's why we're so outraged when we hear it. Um, well, well, and you have to remember, this, was, this whole censure process was sort of downplayed by everybody, like this is no big deal. But when you think about it, Think of all the people that have sat in the House of Representatives over, uh, you know, almost 200 years. In in fact, there's 435 in there presently. Adam Schiff was only the 25th member that was ever censured out of all those thousands of people. I think that's a big deal. And for the Democrats to go on that floor and make a mockery of it, knowing full well everything that uh, was alleged against Schiff was the truth, and there was a lot more than was alleged. Mm. And to, to, to behave like that, I swear they should all be kicked out of Congress. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to clarify something. I think there were something like 10 Republicans, Republican congressmen, who did not vote for the censure, and they got a lot of uh, criticism for that. But uh, what we didn't realize was that they are on the ethics committee. I think almost all of them are on the ethics committee. Now, so this thing, even though Schiff made light of it, actually could cause him some trouble because now he has to go before the ethics committee and they can assign fines and take away privileges. So it's, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, there are Republicans on that committee, so we'll see what happens. So it's not nothing that he was, uh, uh, that he was censured, even though he'd like you to think it is. And, but here's the problem. So the, the, Demo- the Democrats, Bruce, cannot let go of that, those words, because they've based all of their lies this past nearly 10 years now, uh, to seven, what, eight, 
uh, on the whole Russian collusion that Trump, you know, is part of our DNA. You know, Tr- yeah. Trump colluded with Russia. That's what people just started saying and believing. Although I think the wheels are coming off the bus, I think, a little bit on this. I think finally the American people are waking up a little bit. And uh, the NBC poll, and an NBC poll would not be a friend to Donald Trump, okay? So but I'll just tell you, uh, their poll shows that a majority of Republican voters would vote for Trump in the Republican primary with 51% listing them as him as their top choice. And in May when they, or in April when they did this survey, it was only 46% of, only, that's, but 46% of Republican voters. So it's a, a different of five, difference of five points since all of this, since his indictment on 37 federal charges. Oh my goodness, we should say a word about that too, Bruce. Um, the 37 charges, the, one of the reasons there are so many charges is because they, they, they let, they gave a number to every document they were charging him on. I just want to make a couple of observations about this. Well, and we should just set this, the table just a little bit that what we're talking about is Donald Trump being indicted for maintaining boxes of documents that were classified in his residence at Mar-a-Lago. Allegedly classified. Allegedly classified, allegedly not declassified by him or anyone else. And, um, um, Anyway, I just want people yeah, to yeah, re- okay. be for sure know what we're talking about yeah. here. Oh, there's so much to say about that. But um, look, I played that uh, clip of Cohen just a few minutes ago warning John Durham that he would be destroyed if he supported Trump in any way. He warned him that on the House floor. We heard it. We heard it. We heard it. That's what's going on here. They are, don't be fooled. Uh, they are trying the bottom line is the goal here is to destroy Donald Trump. And I do believe, I've said this to you before, I believe it's to, I, they won't be happy till he's dead. I think of Hosni Mubarak, who was the president of Egypt uh, and the Muslim Brotherhood um, because, of, uh, by, uh, because of Obama's actions. Uh, he helped the Muslim Brotherhood come into power and Hosni Mubarak was arrested. I remember they put him in a jail cage uh, and actually he did die. He did die. He kind of languished. Uh, and that was a, that was great for them. They they love. <laughs> Look, we're dealing with an enemy, and I'm not talking about the Democrats, although they work for the capital E enemy. Uh, Satan is the one who seeks to kill and destroy, kill and destroy, and, and he's not happy until the object is absolutely destroyed. The irony is, I've watched through the years, and it's certainly scriptural, that uh, Satan will use people to destroy other people. Uh, in so many different ways, and then he turns on the people that did his bidding. It's total destruction. And um, anyway, they are focused on Donald Trump. They want him dead. I, be- I don't think that's an overstatement, and mark my words. Mark my words. And that's, uh, that's what we're trying to prevent because it's just so, so wrong. President Trump, as president uh, under Article 2, has the right to declassify. Who do you think where the buck stops? In the government, who is it? Secretary of State that decides what's classified and isn't? The Secretary of the Army, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman? No. The President is the Chief Executive Officer. He has the constitutional right to declassify anything he wants to declassify. This is another sham. And so um, it's another effort, another thing, uh, that a manifestation of Cohen's prediction that anyone affiliated with Trump will be destroyed, and of course, by proc- by direct, not proxy, uh, Trump will be destroyed as well. They are very determined about that. 
You know, it's interesting on the Trump indictments. Now, the one uh, he's they're coming after him for a million things. The, the, the one that has 36 parts to it is coming out of D.C., the prosecutor there. Uh, there's one coming up in Georgia uh, that has to do with uh, the election and Secretary of State Raffensperger. And, Bruce, we're learning now that on that tape, that famous tape where it sounds like Trump is asking Raffensperger to just initiate finding him, I think, 12,000 votes, that's a partial. That's, that's only partially what he said in that exchange. Uh, and when you hear the full exchange, you'll understand why it's, it's not what they say. It's not what they're portraying it to be. But, of course, whether it comes out in the trial, I don't know. But that's or the hearing, whatever they end up doing. And then, of course, there's the Alvin Bragg case uh, that's still going on in New York uh, where it, it's still the Stormy McDaniels thing, I think, Bruce, isn't it? Yes, it's about it's about payments. Uh, that he allegedly that he, made to keep her quiet or whatever. That, that's a violation of federal election law, of which a city or pro- county prosecutor has no jurisdiction over. Yeah. It's a total uh, it, sham indictment. It's the weak, weakest of the indictments, uh, but put together they are being timed in such a way to harm him during the election year. So uh, it's going to be, you're hear, we're hearing lots of different things, uh, and uh, the ground is moving as we talk, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I just have to say, uh, regardless of whether you want him to be, be president in 2024, uh, God bless Donald Trump for his courage. I've never seen anyone take this much abuse and survive. I've never seen that. I've never seen such courage. Really, I haven't. Well, to use Donald Trump's words, and I don't take these as passe. These are really true words. He always said to us throughout the years, they're not just coming after me. They're coming after you, meaning conservatives, and I am the one standing in the way of them. And I think if you ever wanted to see if that was a true statement, just watch what's going on now. Because if they crush Donald Trump, it will be game on against the rest of us. Yes. And they show, they already showed their hand in January 6th. They, they molded and shaped that event into a way of disparaging and destroying people that support President Trump to paint them with the same brush as they were painting him. Uh, and it's, it's amazing how the, um, the thinking that goes through this. I, I'll never forget when Barack Obama was elected president in his campaign. They had, uh, I don't know, hundreds of psychologists that they brought on the campaign. They use psychological warfare. They're very smart, very adept. That's what the communists do. They understand people's minds. Think of George Orwell's 1984. They play mind games. They they mess with you. And so that's what's happening with us. We're being messed with. We can call it gaslighting or whatever. Uh, but uh, it's a grand plan, and it's worked very well so far. But I have to say, truth is truth is truth is truth. And that's what we try to speak. Bruce, let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the huge story that's broken in the last um just recently, and that's over Hunter Biden and that Snapchat little chat he had with a member of the Communist Chinese Party. Very interesting. You don't want to miss. We'll be right back. Well, that was quite a discussion, and we're not finished because we have more for you in just a second, but uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and I'd like to take a moment to recognize the over 64 million babies whose lives were taken 
as a result of that decision by the Supreme Court in 1973. And we pray for all those moms that made that decision to, to terminate their babies' lives because I know they still mourn. Most of them do. When they get older, they remember this. They remember the birthday. They will never forget that. We pray for them, and we'd like to prevent more of that from happening in the future. If you would like to help, we are asking because of the year anniversary uh, for a donation of $64. That would be in honor of the 64 million babies whose lives were taken. It's $64 is a great amount, kind of in, in honor of that uh, celebration of that day, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. If you'd like to do that, and if you can, if you're able, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And of course, you can give a donation of any amount. Uh, it you know whatever you can afford, we will be very grateful for and put it to good use. If you have a question or comment, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can go to Sandy at AFR.net, Sandy at AFR.net. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. I think the big takeaway from last week is nothing has changed at the Justice Department. I mean, John Durham told us how bad it was, that it was all a lie, crossfire hurricane. He told us about they got incredible intelligence that said this whole thing, Trump-Russia narrative, was, was from the Clinton campaign. So the, the, the intelligence is credible enough that he briefs the president, the vice president, attorney general, the, the director of the FBI, puts it in a memo. And Jim Comey doesn't share that memo with the agents doing the case. I mean, that's how wrong. And now we get to this situation and we have a whistleblower come forward and says they were denied information that they should have had. Hunter Biden got special treatment, preferential treatment, and they ran this case in a, in a ridiculous way. So that, that to me is the big takeaway. Nothing has changed at the Justice Department, which is why what we do with the appropriations process and our, and our focus on not allowing FISA to be reauthorized in its current form is so darn important. All right, that was uh, Jim Jordan, chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the House. And, uh, of course, he's discussing or describing what happened with John Durham in the hearing. But he's also hinting at what was to come. Uh, And that was the whistleblowers from the IRS testifying in another hearing, talking about things they knew about Hunter Biden that we did not know. And, by the way, his father, the president, Joe Biden. This is the most blatant evidence that we've had so far of the malfeasance, uh, the some would say treason, uh, I believe I would use that word actually, uh, of the Biden family to their country. And this is what it sounded like. This is what it looks like. I'm going to read it to you. This is WhatsApp. I said Snapchat. It's WhatsApp. WhatsApp. And this is what Hunter Biden said. Now, Hunter is staying in the guest house of the Biden home when this happened. I think it was 2017. And he's, uh, this is a, a um, this is a, a text, whatever you call it on WhatsApp, it's a message uh, to Henry Chow, who is a communist, Chinese Communist Party official. Okay? And this is what Hunter says. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, 
and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Okay, Bruce Rather, former FBI agent. Agent, you want to comment on that message? Stunning. Stunning. And if you ever saw a case that was made to be investigated, it is the case against Hunter Biden and his father, Joe Biden, the sitting president. You have these, these text messages. You have the laptop, which has been sitting in FBI custody since 2019, which lays out the business, lays out drug use, lays out his father's Sexual malfeasance, yeah. Yeah. depravity, and and we'll 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 stay away from the spectacular stuff and just go to the the evidence of crimes. It's there. You have a former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, who's come forward. You have another uh, business partner that is has been deposed and has given damning statements. You have um, report now that U.S. attorneys were. Uh, or excuse me, let's go to the whistleblower from the IRS uh, and what he said about being stopped at every uh, avenue from investigating this case. Yeah, you know, the, the head prosecutor in Delaware is a guy named David Weiss, and he's been criticized a lot. I don't know how I feel about him. He was appointed by Trump, but that was with the approval of two Democratic senators. Uh, if you want to look at the political side of this, uh, that usually means that he's not going to be conservative or the Dem senators wouldn't support him. Nevertheless... Uh, David Weiss, it looks like, was ably assisted, depending on your point of view, by Leslie Wolf, who is the assistant district attorney in Delaware. And Leslie Wolf did a lot of things. The whistleblowers tell us she denied the investigators of the IRS, and this was their testimony. Uh, when when they found out there was information proving their theories about Hunter Biden not not paying taxes on that he, I understand he claimed. On his taxes, things like membership in a sex club in California, uh, just unbelievable things to prostitutes that he called in his assistant, uh, just all kinds of things that they found. And they knew that there was evidence, uh, they thought, in that storage unit. And so they wanted to go search it. But Leslie Wolf, Leslie Wolf, assistant district attorney in Delaware, said, no, you can't do that. Not only did she do that, but she tipped off Hunter Biden's attorney that there was stuff in that in that storage unit. Uh, she tipped him off. Um, and so the, the third thing that she did was she told the investigators that she didn't want to see anything about the big guy or what was called dad. And the, investiga- the investigators were using the term dad to refer to Joe Biden. She didn't want to hear anything about the big guy or dad. She did those three things, according to those whistleblowers. Yeah, um in, in regard to David Weiss, um, he was appointed by Trump, but he was working then under the Department of Justice. So what Weiss did is he asked to be appointed a special counsel, which has much more independence than a U.S. attorney investigating. Now, if there was ever a case that should have had a special counsel, this is the case. It's against possibly the sitting president of the United States who runs the Justice Department. Now, you cannot have, you cannot even think that there could be impartiality if you're looking at your boss in an investigation. So Weiss was denied the permission to be, become Merrick a, Garland. By Merrick Garland to become a, to, 
to become a special prosecutor. Therefore, he was still under the direction of the Department of Justice. And uh, you know, it got uh, Merrick Garland came out and denied that he had had any influence on this investigation. Yes. But I, I, I would ask you to go and look at his statement. Look on his face when he's doing this. He looks like a, a guy who's been caught red-handed and now is trying to get out from underneath the blame. Um, I, the, the, the actions by this Leslie Wolf, uh, the U.S. attorney that was directing this assistant. case, assistant U.S. attorney directing the case, it's outrageous. She tipped off uh, Hunter's attorney's that the government was considering executing a search warrant at the Biden cottage uh, where they had a storage facility that contained these records. Uh, The evidence was showing that the, that the records were there. Uh, Gee, you think they, you think they moved those records if they were there? Uh, She denied several steps of an investigation that you would normally do. Uh, if, you, if, if you watch the IRS whistleblower's testimony, Shapley, or his interview, he'll tell you how uh, they weren't allowed to ask questions. Like Sandy had mentioned, they were not even allowed to ask any questions about Joe Biden. Now, Joe <laughs> Biden is referenced in all these communications, you know, the big guy, dad, you have that WhatsApp application of my dad is sitting next to Three me. Three times he said that. Three times. Now, do you think, okay, that's not necessarily proof that Joe Biden was involved, but don't you think it needs to be checked out? Well, Bruce, also they found they have found since then that there was $5 million uh, deposited into one of the Biden's, uh, you know, sham, shady, hidden accounts after that conversation. So uh, from, you know, from this entity. So uh, this is really uh, incomprehensible. And it was interesting because James Rosen, who now is with Newsmax, used to be with Fox, one of, our, one of my favorite reporters. I used to play him all the time on the morning show. Uh, but he actually, in the White House press room, uh, read this, <laughs> I couldn't believe this, read this uh, WhatsApp uh, message. And I'm going to read it again. James Rosen was allowed to read the whole thing in the press corps. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And see, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. That was the message that James Rosen read, and you should have seen the press's face, all the press sitting around him. It was like, this was at the end of the uh, press conference, and they always get favored treatment. They get called on first, you know. Uh, So James Rosen from Newsmax is not going to get called on first. He gets called on, and then the press, their faces, they look like their eyes kind of bugged out, and they were uncomfortable, and they shifted, uh, because none of them wanted to talk about this. Well, let's say it it wasn't the end of the press conference as was planned. No, no, that's true. (laughs) But uh, once James Rosen asked his question, John Kirby, the spokesperson, said, we're not going to answer that, uh, and walked off the stage and ended the press conference. 
So you can imagine what a hot potato this is. And I want you to pay attention to the language that Hunter Biden used in that WhatsApp uh, message. If you were listening, if you were watching a movie about the mafia and about extorting people and shaking them down and threatening them, you, you, you think this isn't a threat? You know, he, he says, you better get this done tonight. I will forever hold a grudge against you. And, you know, saying you'll regret not following my instructions. You know, that reminds me and, of... And, and, but think about it. Who is he? Mm-hmm. Who is Hunter Biden? Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden is a, is a citizen. And he's talking to a member of the Communist Party, a high member, and he's making these kind of threats. Yeah. Now, how? why would anyone consider this a threat unless there was a way to back it up? And the only way to back up his threat is through his father. That's right. So, and we know the whistleblowers actually reported that the Bidens, according to their count at this point, I think there's going to be more actually, had received at least $17 million through these transactions with foreign powers. There was a Ukraine, uh, China, and uh, Romania. And so, and yet there's more to be reported. They did not claim, at least uh, we have good reason to believe, we know at least in some, most of it, they did not claim it for their taxes. At least Hunter didn't. I guess that we, the, mum's the word on dad or the big guy. Uh, but it's it's a very serious situation. And and the, the thing to remember is, again, what does the Biden family have to provide to any kind of business venture? They don't run a business. All they are are politicians who have power to influence what goes on. Policy. Policy. Policies that hurt or help. And, you know, you look at the the quote-unquote qualifications of Hunter Biden to be involved in international business deals, it's laughable. Laughable. You know, uh, Bruce, one other practical thing, Uh, just to give a tangible flesh on the bones of what we just said. When when Anthony Blinken went to China just recently, in order to get that meeting, the Biden administration did two things. They lifted sanctions on China, and they lifted regulations on Huawei. Huawei is the uh, thing that wants to control uh, all of our uh, correspondence, our phones, and everything. And that's what something that the Trump administration fought hard. They lifted the restrictions on Huawei. And, you know, Huawei is thought to be very involved in all the Chinese surveillance techniques. And now coming on this, you know, the same week as Blinken gives up uh, the sanctions on against Huawei, we find out that the Chinese are building or have built a surveillance station in Cuba, less than 100 miles from the United States coast, and here we are helping them. Yep, and so, and Bruce, there's so much more to say. I was going to talk about that sex club in Los Angeles where the owner reported that Hunter Biden was so horrible in his behavior that he was kicked out after one night. And now think about that. Uh, I mean, so we're dealing with some, and that's Hunter Biden, but he has a dad, and his dad uh, seems to be, like the 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 what the branch doesn't fall far from the tree, but that's enough said for today. I hope that you, uh, I hope that we brought you information that you can use and share with other people. Please, you know, you can listen to the broadcast uh, 
You can listen to the podcast and share it with other people, and that will help. But we all need to know this. Don't you think we need to know what's happening? We are in great danger in our country, and I think China, is, as you've heard me say before, is one of the greatest dangers. And here our chief executive officer, our president, and his son are extorting them for money and giving them privileges and benefits. Uh, It is a tragedy as we watch it unfold. All right, well, this has been today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.